Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. As always, I need to come with a new tagline. I say as always all the time. But my name is Aaron Avra, and with me is the man from Habersham County, Donatus Carroll. How are we doing this week, Donatus? Aaron, my man, the man, the myth, the legend, the goat, <laughs> greatest podcast host of all time, Aaron Avra. I'm excited and blessed to be on this podcast with you, my brother. How are you, man? Hey, now that you have said all those things about me, that's the end of the episode, folks. You heard it. The go. Tag me, <laughs> tag me the kinds. Tag the Tomahawk <laughs> Show. Tag any other podcast you listen to, because that's really all I listen to. And let them know that Once Upon East 112 and Aaron Aver and Don Carroll are coming for them, because one co-host is calling the other one the goat, and we're here for it. We are oh. here for it. <laughs> but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Another day, another day of work. Um, it's actually only going to be a three-day teaching week. It was a teacher work day today. No work yesterday, so three-day teaching week, which I'm excited for. Nice. Uh, I know. I know. That's what yeah, I love teaching. I do love it. For those of you that listen and, and don't really <laughs> know me, know me. I do love teaching. But, man, those little breaks we get as teachers are glorious. It's nice little oh, yeah. relaxation time, rejuvenate, refresh, get ready to get back at the grind. Um, all right, for those of you who have been with us, are new, whatever brought you to this podcast, um, over the past week we have started something new, and you may have gotten an invite. We now have a Facebook page that is live. We will be posting all of our podcasts there, as well as using that to interact with y'all, figure out things you would like to hear us talk about, um, kind of get some live um, feedback from y'all, post some polls that we can talk about. Uh, but it is Once Upon East 112 or at Once Upon East 112 on Facebook. Also, we do have a live Instagram uh, that hopefully I'll be, will be more active on as I learn the, um, I guess, digital photograph side of advertising. I'm really bad at it right now. It's just a whole bunch of screenshots from my phone. But at Once Upon East 112 on Instagram as well. Um, and then also make sure to subscribe and share and review um, if your podcast option has a review uh, to help us spread the wealth of knowledge of East 112. And then maybe we'll take one of those lucky sharers and have you on as our very first once Upon East 112 guests, um, also be on the lookout. I know this is a lot of announcement type things. I swear we'll get to the episode in a second. But we're going to drop our very first. This is first thought. If you're interested in wallpaper, a little wallpaper Wednesday, I, I created a Once Upon East 112 wallpaper. Um, that if you're a diehard fan like Donatus and I, because of course we're fans of our own show, um, we're going to drop that on the Facebook um as well. But what we have on today's docket is we are going to be talking, we are going to debrief everything that happened this weekend in terms of conference championship weekend. We are not going to do an analysis of the Super Bowl today. We are going to, our next episode next week is going to be highly Super Bowl focused. This week, we're going to break down what we saw, what we liked from each team, what we liked, to go, what we liked that they did, and, and so forth. Um, and then we're going to have one little more topic. I've already told Donatus, haven't told him what it's going to be about. Uh, so it's going to be a nice little 
surprise. But first, uh, let's start with the NFC, because we have said these AFC games have been our most exciting games. So let's start with breaking down kind of what we saw from the Packers 49ers. Were we surprised? Were we not? Um, my brother-in-law, or soon-to-be brother-in-law, Ian Schumacher, texting. Once again, calling people out for texting. Um, <laughs> he, he, I know. Well, this was a good one. He texted me and said we got pretty <laughs> scary close. Uh, this was after the 49ers game where the 49ers, uh, I mean, they crushed. The, I know the yeah. score only looked like a 17-point game. But, I mean, it was, it was, it was a whooping. What, what do you think, Don? Just why don't you go ahead and, uh, take a spin for us? Yeah, so, man, I was really hoping that the 49ers would pour it on them because at, at like 27 to 0, I was like, I have a really good chance at nailing this 45 to 14 score. Um, <laughs> then Green Bay scored and I was like, okay, we still have a chance. And then it's like, um, San Francisco got up 34 to 7 and I was like, okay, come on, just put on a couple more touchdowns. But, I don't know. San Francisco kind of uh, played more ball control um, offense, and Green Bay scored a couple of touchdowns to make the game close, um, closer than than what it really was. Um, not 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 really too too surprised. Um, the game the game kind of went how I expected it to go. Um, I think I was. I was surprised with Raheem Mostart. Mostart, I'm still not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, Dude Buddy had 220 yards rushing by himself. I knew that the 49ers were going to have a lot of rushing yards. Um, I thought that was going to be as a team, not one person. So um, they they showed, man. Uh, I know Coleman got hurt early, um, and that Raheem Mostert, he's he's done a really good job filling in um, throughout this this year. Um, and he's got a really cool story. I think he was cut from like six or seven different teams, including the 49ers. He was on their practice squad. Um, he had a fumbling issue, um, was on the practice squad, and then Kyle Shanahan um, gave him the chance earlier in the year, and he uh, he proved himself. And since then, he's kind of split time with um, Coleman um, running the backfield. So, I think I'm always big on stories like that. I think it's awesome to kind of see him come back and have a really big game, 220 yards, four touchdowns. Um, man, that defense, that defense looked like they were in prime, prime, uh, prime condition, ready to, 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 um, take on Kansas City in the Super Bowl. So, um, I was just really, really impressed with the dominance from the 49ers. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw the ball too much. Um, but then again, he didn't have to. So, um, yeah, really, really just, uh, I guess not surprised, but really just kind of, um, impressed with the 49ers. Green Bay, um, the only thing that I saw from Green Bay is Green Bay really needs at least one or two more playmakers. Um, Aaron Rodgers kind of looks like a, not a complete shell of himself, but, um, he didn't look like the Aaron Rodgers that that I think the majority of us um, have come to to know and love and appreciate. Um, there was a time in Aaron in Aaron Rodgers' career where even if the Packers were down twenty seven to zero, I think a lot of us would have thought they've got Aaron Rodgers. They're somehow going to come back and win this game. Um, and watching the game Sunday night, it just 
when as, when San Francisco was up, I there was really no doubt that they were going to put that put that game away. So, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up playing as long as Brady and Breeze. I think Aaron Rodgers may have like maybe three more years, three or four more years than him, which would put him at about um, thirty nine or forty. So um, they've really Green Bay's really got to get him a couple more pieces. Um, whether it's through the draft or the off season, um, so that they can make make a run at it before he before he hangs it up. But overall, Green Bay had a good season. Um, Matt Lafleur did a lot better than I expected him to do, and a lot better than a lot of people expected him to do. I'm sure. So um, the game though went exactly how I thought it would. Um, San Francisco. Got up early and dominated, and really dominated the whole the whole game. So that was kind of my takeaways. Kind of played out the way that I thought it would. Um, so yeah, what were? Do you have any takeaways? Um, not too much different than you, uh, San Fran. Like we said last week, we thought this was. We didn't even give this much of a of a thought, um, which is crazy because it's a conference championship game. Um, but the fact that we thought the Forty ers were just going to replicate what they did earlier in the season. Um, and in fact, I, I know I sent, I sent you that, uh, that, that meme. There's a meme of what, of an Aaron Rodgers quote and then, um, a little picture under and I, I kind of looked it up. And from what I can tell, it, it was real. Like that quote was, was legitimate. Uh, um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers uh, said that if we see them again in the playoffs, we'll be ready. Um, and I determined, that based on the score, that was a lie. Um, <laughs> because in the first half, they were far from it. Aaron Rodgers, you know, went 31, 39, 326 yards. Looks like a really good night, two touchdowns, two picks. But, like, in the first half, he maybe had, like, 70-something yards passing. Yeah. So all of that came when San Fran was just trying to keep their lead. Because San Fran right. scored 27 in the first half. Gave up nothing, and then scored ten the rest of the game, um, and gave up the most of their points in, in the fourth quarter. So it was just trying yeah. not to lose football, essentially. Um, so I, I guess my, my takeaway from this, and this has nothing to do, I guess, with, with the game, but and this has nothing to do with the question I thought you was going to ask at the end. But can we like deem Kyle Shanahan as like a top five head coach in this league off of this? season alone um they went was like four and 12 last year and now they're sitting here three and 13 and not just in the super bowl but they're like putting teams to shame in the super bowl um i do think shanahan has a little bit of an upper hand because last week you know he knows kirk cousins like crazy he knows that offense as well um and then this week the head coach of the packers uh is also a kind of Shanahan disciple, um, if you will, Shanahan, McVay type disciple. And uh, so I think Shanahan almost really knew exactly what his play calls were going to be like. So once again, you sit down with, with Robert Sala and you, you map out a, a way to stop Aaron Rodgers. But can we crown Shanahan as like a top five coach in this league? What do you think? Okay, I guess let me put it this way. If you would like, who are your top five coaches in, or top five top few coaches in the league? And does Shanahan yeah. fit in there? Um, so in no specific order, 
my top five would be um, I'm gonna have to count it out. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin. Um, which I feel like those are probably pretty standard across the board. Uh, that fifth one, I think Andy Reid maybe can make a, a push for that number five spot. Um, trying to think. I don't know. The, the problem I think is like, for me personally, it's hard to come up with the top five, but I feel like there's a bunch of coaches that kind of fall in that six to 15 range. Um, where like they're right on the edge of being a top 10 coach, but they haven't made it there. Like, perfect yeah. example, Mike, Mike Vrabel is a perfect example. Mike Vrabel before the season, I don't know that anybody would have said he was a top 15 head coach, probably top 20, but top, not top 15 just because we haven't seen it. And to me personally, I think after this off season, Mike Rabel has jumped into the top 10 for me personally. I'm sure there's a lot of people that may not agree with that. So, um, Kyle Shanahan, I think would definitely be in that six to 10 range. Um, so if he's not, if he's not top five, I think he's knocking on the door. Um, my initial reaction to you asking that question, I kind of wanted to push back on him being a top five head coach, but, I don't think I don't think I have an issue with somebody if they were to say he was a top five at number five, just because I feel like Belichick, um, Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Peyton are usually your standard ones. Um, I think some other coaches that you know are in that six to ten that could make um, a push for top five. Somebody like John Harbo um, in Baltimore. Um, Sean McDermott. I agree with that one. In, uh, in Buffalo. Um, I don't know that I'd put him in top five, but I think he's in that six to ten range. Um, trying to think. I had somebody else in mind that I forgot, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think, do you think he's the top five head coach? Or what we'll see your list and, and see, let's see. Where, where there's a, there's a few that you said that, that I kind of like debate. Um, Tomlin, after Tomlin solidified himself to me um, as a top five coach, once we saw like the AB meltdown yeah. and and what he's been able to like work with for the past seven years, however long he's been there. Plus, he he had so many injuries. He's been working with with a backup quarterback since like week two. Um, right. So I and and did pretty well. So I say Tomlin's up there. Um, I would say Pete Carroll's up there. Um, I guess I'll put Belichick up there. Um, <laughs> and then I would actually go Reed. And the only reason I'm going Reed now is I'm seeing his, his finally his, some of his postseason success. We'll see what happens, yeah. you know, next week. And then I, you know, I have a, 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 and this, this would be my five. These, those were, the other ones were no particular order. But I'm trying to run through my head all the coaches. I know I asked the question. I didn't come ready with it either. Um, my 5A and 5B <clears throat> would be like Kyle Shanahan and Sean Payton. I yeah. feel like they can interchange back and forth given on the year. Um, yeah. Because I, I do think, and the main reason I put Kyle Shanahan that high 
is I think he's on the right side of football, if you will, that he's ahead of the curve, but he's so far ahead of the curve that he's not going to be, like, phased out as a fad, but that he's so far ahead of the curve that he can take this offense still and adapt it to whatever he wants. Like, he's a genius. Um, And I'm growing a little more bitter to the Browns because I learned that he resigned from the Browns. It's real shady about him leaving the Browns. He he resigned because the ownership wanted Johnny Manziel as a starter, and Kyle Shanahan was like, no, I don't think he's ready to be an NFL starter. And so he resigned. Wow. So what, what could have been, um, yeah. but based on what I've seen, and really it's, it's the four and 12, the three and 13, and the fact that it's not even close. Like forget yeah. that the defense is freakishly stacked because of these early first round picks. You know, this offense, they're, they're running it down people's throat with, yeah. with players that got tossed away by their former teams. Uh, Raheem Mostert, however you say his name. Uh, was a Brown at one moment in time. We picked him up off waivers after someone dropped him. Like, he's bounced around the league to, like, five different teams. He puts up two points yeah. past game. Uh, Tevin Coleman was a very good – I don't remember if it was a signing or, or a trade, but a good uh, good pickup on them that the Falcons decided to get rid of. Uh, yeah. So he went down hurt, but still. And then I think Matt Burita may have lost a job, depending on, you know, what Raheem Mostert continues to do. But I think they right. signed Brita in free agency, and he was a toss away by a team. Or no, did they tra- did they draft him? I think they he drafted there? him, but he was like a sixth or seventh. Yeah, that's right. Pick. So he was or a sixth undra- round pick. I think he went undrafted actually. One okay, of those yeah, two. Yeah, no, they they picked him up originally, and they also have a guy who's been on IR, and I think he's still on IR. Jarek McKinnon, who was yeah, tossed yeah. away essentially by the Vikings and signed a big deal, but then went to IR, and I think he's almost out of a job, depending on what all these running backs do. But they don't have, like, that big name, and yet they're bringing people out the woodworks and running it down your throat. And I think that's right. all the doing of the, the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan and scheming the offense in a way um, that defenses just can't stop it. And it's not like the Vikings, how they were able to stop the Vikings. It's Kyle Shanahan is boy genius. And I don't think that he's going to turn out like Sean McVay, where where even if they lose the Super Bowl, I don't think they turn in a year where they don't make it back. I, I think right. they're they're back again next year, regardless. Uh, I think Shanahan's that good, so I, I easily put him, in my opinion, in a top five. Uh, once again, he's at five, like sharing it with Sean Payton. But I think he could easily overtake an Andy Reid in terms of like right now, coaches, not historically. You know, I, I think right. he could overtake Belichick um, for the current active, not like, well, Belichick's done all this for the past 20 years, but if we're breaking it down within the past few years because the yeah. Patriots are falling off, you know, you hate to say it, but that does fall on not coaching, but all that gets put on the coaches. Um, I would say he's a top five. Um, my next thing I wanted to ask, I guess this goes with Kyle Shanahan, is and we we texted briefly about this and I shut it down so we could talk about it. Garoppolo. <laughs> a first uh, question one A. Is Garoppolo a franchise quarterback? Question one B, or you can interchange these if you want. Does Kyle Shanahan like not trust Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> I 
but you give your take. I didn't read the text. I, I saw I, I saw the the paragraph, and then I was like, no, let me stop reading it. So therefore, we can have a good conversation about this because I, I feel a certain way about Jimmy G, and I'm kind of glad that the Patriots turned their nose up at the Browns um, and refused to trade us Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we tried, we tried hard, and the Bell Belichick was or Bill Belichick was like, no, sorry, you can't have him, um, and sent him to San Fran. Um, what are your thoughts in this scenario with San Fran and Jimmy G? I mean, they paid so, him like a zillion dollars. Yeah, dude, uh, the dude's made bank, man. Um, I think it uh, it depends on how you define franchise quarterback. Um, do you define a franchise quarterback as somebody who can come in and win you a bunch of games, but not necessarily blow you away with stats or the way that they look, um, throwing the ball? Or are you looking for somebody who is going to have, like, really good stats, look really good throwing the ball, and win you, you know, 9 to 10 to 11 games? Um, depends on what your definition is. Case in point is this. Matt Ryan is, to me, he's a he's, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan's a franchise quarterback because okay. he's going to throw for about 4,500 yards every year. He's going to throw for about 25-plus touchdowns, um, 25 to 30-plus touchdowns. Um, he's going to give you – he's going to have three to four, maybe five passes throughout the game where you say, wow, that was a really good pass. That was a really beautiful ball. Um, but, like, it's well documented. Once he gets into the playoffs, Matt Ryan's not going to win you the big game. So – if you're looking for somebody who's going to win you the big game, somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, the guy's like, I don't know the exact stats, but Jimmy Garoppolo's, oh, man, I, I wish I knew that. He's like 20, maybe like 24 and 4 or something like that. You know, I mean, it's something crazy where, you know, obviously he started off his career 7-0. and 0, um, He was hurt, and then this year he's gone 13-3. and 3. So Jimmy Garoppolo probably not going to throw for 4,500 yards in a season like Matt Ryan is. Um, he's not going to throw for 30-plus touchdowns like Matt Ryan is. Jim Garoppolo may not have, you know, three to four to five passes throughout the game where you look and say, wow, that was a really pretty ball. But he's going to do enough to win the game. And like we saw this year, he's won two playoff games, um, and he, he led his team to go in 13-3. and three. And I think, like, that can be – that's probably pretty much going to be the standard – for Jimmy Garoppolo's going forward. I think he's going to be that quarterback consistently that's going to win you 10 to 11 games, a minimum of nine games, um, and then he's going to win at least one or two playoff games. And so I don't know I don't know how much of that factors into um, the makeup of somebody. Obviously, you know, like this year the teams are different. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously has a better better running game than Matt Ryan, so you know um, those are two. But those are two examples of I think two quote unquote franchise quarterbacks that, depending on how you define a franchise quarterback, I think plays into your question. So is he a franchise quarterback? I think he's a franchise quarterback um, if you're looking for somebody who. Uh, I hate to say game manage because I don't I don't want to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a game manager, but he's here you go he's he's kind of like a maybe like a glorified Alex Smith, um, whereas like 
Alex Smith, they were just kind of trusting him not to lose the game. But Alex Smith was also going to make some big-time throws, and he was also going to win you, you know, about 10, maybe 11 games. Um, and he could make he could make a really good pass if it came down to it. And he was probably going to win you one playoff game. But, you know, after that, he, he might get knocked off in the divisional round um, or the, the conference championship round. The Chiefs could only go so far with um, with Alex Smith. And I think it's kind of the same with Jimmy Garoppolo, except for Jimmy Garoppolo shows up more in the big moments. And I think Shanahan would probably trust um, Jimmy Garoppolo more in the big moments to, to complete a pass than Andy Reid trusted Alex Smith. Um, so I, I really don't know, you know, to to answer your, your 1B question. So I guess to answer your 1A question, um, yes, I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback. But I think he's also a, a franchise quarterback who kind of has to have the right pieces around him. Like, he's got a stacked defense and a really good offense. Um, I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have the same kind of success um, on the other 31 NFL teams. But for this team, he's the perfect quarterback because they've got a really good run game, really good defense, and he does exactly what you need him to do. When he when you need him to do it, so I think you know for the 49ers, yes, I believe he is their franchise quarterback. Um, this week, as far as like, does Kyle Shanahan not trust Jimmy Garoppolo? I think it was one of those things where um, Shanahan and the the 49ers had really good success early on in the game, and they saw that again, like we talked about last week. Um, Green Bay has like a bottom five to ten deep run defense, and the 49ers had like a top five, top three, I think, even run run offense. And so it was just one of those things where like it came together beautifully for the 49ers to where they knew they could just run the ball down the 40 down the down the uh the Green Bay Packers throat, and that's what they did. They had success early. I think Mozart was averaging average like nine yards a game or nine yards a carry, which is insane. Um, and every once in a while, man, you just have one of those games where everything comes together perfectly for you. Um, and that was most dirt on, um, on Sunday was, you know, he just everything worked out for him. Uh, Tevin Coleman went down and Mostert just hit it hard, man. He, he finished the game with 220 yards and, and four touchdowns. So, um, I I think it was more so for this game at least. I don't know that it wasn't that Kyle Shanahan didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was just one of those things where um, the game the gameplay didn't really need Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball for more more than eight times, which is still crazy to think they won a game with a quarterback throwing the ball <laughs> only eight times. But then, like it's I think part of that is because. Um, of the time that we live in right now is we're living in a, in a, a, a NFL league where people throw the ball 50 times a, a game, you know, somebody like Patrick Mahomes, who's the arguably the face of the NFL. And he's known because he throws the ball 40, 50 times a game. And so to see somebody win a game and their quarterback only throw for eight, eight times is, is kind of um, an anomaly. But, um, I believe, you know, like, to me, Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to be the guy that's going to throw the ball 30-plus times. 
But I believe he's always going to be that guy that's going to throw the ball, who can throw the ball 20 to 25 times if you need him to. And out of those 20 to 25 passes, he's probably going to complete, you know, 60 to 65 percent of those passes. Um, but I mean, even still, I can't think of the games off the top of my head right now, but there are some games this year where Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 300 yards and there was one game in particular where he threw for like 300 yards and four touchdowns. Um, so he can be the guy who, if you need him to throw the ball 25 times, 300 yards and three touchdowns, but they just don't need him to do that too much. So I don't know that it's necessarily that Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo as it is the gameplay this week just worked out to where Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do too much. But I don't think Kyle Shanahan's ever going to say, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, we need you to go win, win us the game. We need you to throw the ball 30, 40, 50 times and win us the game. That's just – that's not ever going to happen, and that's not who Jimmy Garoppolo is. So – whether that, that plays out as Kyle Shanahan not trusting him or not, I'm not sure, but I know that, that Jimmy G is not that guy that's going to throw the ball for 30, 40, 50 times and you win a game. So, um, that was a really long answer. I feel like, but <laughs> that, that would be my, that would be my, uh, my analysis or my take on the questions. Um, do you, do you think he's a franchise quarterback? Because again, I don't, I don't. If somebody was to say that Jimmy that he's not, I don't think I, I'd have an issue with it. But and do you think it was more of a they didn't trust him or or a gameplay thing? See, you brought up better points than I was prepared for. Um, because <laughs> because if I look at, I guess I've, I've scrolled back through some of his games, and he does have some you know pretty big games. And yes, his record is good, whatever, whatever. Um, but his stats are along the lines of, and keep this in mind, you know, I'm a, I'm a Baker lover. I love Baker Mayfield. Right. Uh, and right. we know that Baker had a, well, what everyone would deem as a very unsuccessful season, right? Like statistically yeah. everything, very unsuccessful. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers are right there with Baker's. Um, uh-huh. And so I think you know in the head where he's more of a, a manager. Um, and as you were talking, I was thinking of some, I guess, quarterback com- comparisons, and you did a really good job of kind of debunking, debunking one theory of they need to have big numbers because, like you said, you look at, you know, Matt Ryan, he has big numbers. He's a franchise quarterback, but would I want him to be my quarterback? Probably not. Um, and I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is an Andy Dalton with a better coach. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, cause I, yeah. cause, cause I think Andy Dalton, um, as much as, you know, people hate on him and I've hated on him and whatnot, um, he, he's a very solid quarterback. He's a very good game yeah. manager, but he's not going to wow you with numbers. Um, and I'm not hating on Marvin Lewis. You know, Marvin Lewis was a good coach. I just think Kyle Shanahan schemes better and sets up really good schemes, um, which makes their offense very successful with or without Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but I do think you need that game manager to, even though you only throw eight times, to still have a successful winning game. I don't know if you could throw, um, what his backup, CJ Bethard or Nick Mullins in there and, and run the same game plan and be successful. That was last season. I mean, granted, it was Kyle Shanahan's first season there and they were learning the offense, but Garoppolo was out with a torn ACL all last year and they had to use these backup quarterbacks and went four and 12. 
and now you throw Jimmy G in there, got yourself a Nick Bosa, uh, but you're three and thirteen just because you have a quarterback that you now have to respect. Uh, he's not. A, right. I, I wouldn't say he's a great top tier lethal threat quarterback, um, but I would say he's not that he's. I think he's better than Andy Dalton, but that was the best comparison I could think of immediately. Um, was that I feel like if Andy Dalton was in a system like Shanahan's, that he would also be successful. Um, because I do think he's a great manager and game manager that they would need to help run that offense. Um, the reason I, I, I questioned whether or not he trusted him is, I mean, we saw last game against the Vikings, you know, they were just having a normal game and then Garoppolo throws a pick and Cal Shanahan immediately goes into running overdrive. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I saw somewhere, like, in the next 30 plays, like, 28 of them were run plays. Uh, <laughs> so the second that pick happened, he was like, nope, 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 we're reeling that back in. Um, <laughs> and then he turned around in a conference championship and said, Jimmy G, you are going to pass it a total of eight times, and you're just going to turn around and hand it off the rest of the time. Um and the fact that the Packers could do nothing about it blew my mind because they're supposed right. to have a really good run defense. Um, but I guess I would consider because because now that I guess I put it in perspective of if you were to take a non-starting quarterback like any normal backup and put them in there. I don't think they would have the same success because the defense wouldn't have to worry about the quarterback actually pulling up as much as even though Garoppolo threw it eight times, you still know that he can and will throw it if Shanahan deems it necessary. So you have to respect it still. Whereas if I have, you know, Nick Mullins back there, I'm stacking the box. Yeah. And I'm stopping the run and I'm trusting whoever I leave back in coverage to take care of Nick Mullins. Whereas I think Jimmy G can make those passes. Yeah. So, okay. I, I went into this conversation thinking he was an overpaid, not franchise quarterback. Really, I'm still glad the Browns didn't trade for him because what would have happened <laughs> right now had the Browns actually pulled off that trade is he would have went through four head coaches. He doesn't have the skill set, in my opinion, of Baker Mayfield. Um, right. And as you all continue to listen, you're going to learn that I am a huge Baker Mayfield advocate, and I will be until he busts. Um, which he's not going to, but if he does, I'll still stand by it. Um, and when people, when people keep asking me, wouldn't you rather have Joe Burrow? I'm going to say, like I said last week, no, I like Baker Mayfield. Thank you. Um, that's off topic, but, um, I think if he threw him in Cleveland, therefore we never get Baker and, and he goes through the gambit of like four coaches, um, I, I I think Jimmy G's career is a wash. So I think he, he yeah. landed in the perfect situation um, with Kyle Shanahan, which therefore helps me solidify my case for Kyle Shanahan being a top five coach because I don't think Jimmy G has success everywhere because I think we're learning that he's not as great as those snippets that we saw in New England. Um, that maybe a lot of the system helped him, and a lot of the system is probably helping him with Shanahan, which would, in my opinion, he could have went to half the teams in the league and absolutely bottomed out, but he got a really good luck of the draw by getting traded to San Francisco, who at the time was garbage, um, but is now looking looking 
pretty good. So, yeah, all that to say, I, I, I guess I would say now he's a franchise quarterback. I'm not sold on, on Shanahan trusting him too much based on what we've seen in the playoffs because Shanahan does not want to lose on turnovers. Um, but I do think he's going to be there for the long haul unless he shows otherwise. Um, all right. Woo. Now that we have spent like 17 hours on that game, we, I thought that was going to be a breeze. <laughs> and those, those questions came to my head. Now it's like, now we're going to discuss these. So we may or may not get to my final question, depending on how long, uh, this next one takes. Um, so now AFC championship game. This was the one I was, I was stoked for. Um, as, as we know, Don and I chose the wrong week to pick upsets. Uh, we should have listened to him. <laughs> we should have listened, uh, during the divisional round when it actually happened. This time we went with the Titans and I was watching that game and I thought, oh my goodness, it's going to happen. They're going <laughs> to upset the Chiefs. And while I'm sitting there watching it, it, it's 10 to 7 at this time. And I'm watching the Titans slowly drive down the field and they took like eight minutes off the mm-hmm. clock in the second, in the second quarter. And they scored the touchdown to go up 17-7. And the Chiefs had, hadn't really struggled, but they had just been okay. I was like, oh man, if the Titans can do this and come away with some kind of point, every drive and chew up this clock, the Titans are going to end in the Super Bowl. And I was getting myself so pumped that <laughs> we and Nate Burleson, who has picked them every time, uh, I noticed. <laughs> I was like, you're just riding the train. Um, <laughs> um, we're going to be right. We are going to see the Titans in the Super Bowl for the first time. And oh, we were kids when they last time they were in there. Um, but forever. And then Pat Mahomes did Pat Mahomes things, and the Chiefs offense became entirely too much for Mike Vrabel and that defense. Um, and as we know, they ended up winning that game. Um, what, what, what were your thoughts on it? Did you get a chance to, to see that that game? Yeah, I did. I watched. Um, I watched the first half. Didn't get to watch a lot of the second half. Um, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes, dude, I just, I think, you know, we both said in our analysis that any time Pat Mahomes is involved in a uh, in a game, you can bet that it's going to be exciting and intriguing. And I've learned, like, just over the past couple of weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs are never out of a football game. Um the majority of teams, I believe, if you get down 24 to zero, um, I was thinking about this on my way, like driving on my way home from work. They were down 24 to zero to the Texans and they beat the Texans 51 to 31, which means they outscored the Texans 51 to seven the rest of the game, like in three yeah. quarters, which is yeah. insane. And then same, not, not as bad this game, but same thing. They got up, they got down 17 to seven. Just like you, I was thinking, okay, the Titans, like I thought the Titans were going to put this game away just because, like you said, they had just gone on the eight minute, um, eight minute drive, which is wild. Uh, they went on an eight minute drive, took up a whole bunch of clock, 
Um, and so I thought, you know, they put together – I mean, you go on an eight-minute drive in the third quarter, fourth quarter, that game's going to be out of hand really quick. And um, so I'm thinking, well, you know, like the Titans are going to put this one away. But the Chiefs, man, they came back. Um, they scored, made it 10 to uh, 17 to 14. Patrick Mahomes had that 27-yard run, made it 21-17 going to halftime. They scored again back-to-back, uh, made it 35-17, and then, you know, the game finished off 35-24. But it's like the the thing that I've realized with the – with the Chiefs over the past two weeks is if they get if they get rolling, um, they're a very, very dangerous team. They just need that one spark, whether it comes from Patrick Mahomes or comes from Tyreek Hill or comes from Travis Kelsey or someone else. But if they get that spark and they get rolling, they're they're probably the toughest team in the league to stop once they start rolling. So they're one of those teams like the majority of teams if they start slow you expect them to be out of it. But the Chiefs, if they start slow, all you're looking for is one little spark, and you know that they can they can put that game away um, quick. Again, you know, they outscored the Texans 51-7 to within three quarters. Um, they outscored the um, – what's that? They went on a 28 to nothing run. Um, against yeah. the Titans, it was 17 to 7, and then, it, you know, it ended up going 35 17, 28 0 run, um, within two quarters. So, you know, um, just really kind of impressed because there's not a lot of teams that can do that. And, and I don't think that really speaks a lot to Andy Reid. I think that speaks more to Patrick Mahomes because we've seen Andy Reid in the past, like, he's been that coach with the Eagles who, if he gets behind, he's not necessarily that coach that I think is going to come back and win you a game. So while he is like a top five NFL head coach, I don't think that he's that coach that's going to to come back and and, and lead your team to, to victory if they get down. But Patrick Mahomes is that dude. Patrick Mahomes is that guy who if your team gets down twenty four to nothing, if your team gets down seventeen to seven, um He's going to put the team on his back, and he's going to carry you the rest of the way. So um, I think, you know, what Patrick Mahomes to me is the face of the of the NFL. Um, he's, he's the most exciting player that I've seen in a long time. Um, he's a different exciting than Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson's exciting because you don't know what he's going to do with his legs, and he's going to make a couple of – of plays throughout the game that you say, wow, um, it kind of reminds you more of like a Michael Vick type player. But Patrick Mahomes is a is a um, exciting player to watch because you know like they've always got a chance. And um, you just never know whether he's going to look one way and throw the ball the other way. Um, if he's going to drop a dime into Tyree Kill's hands or Travis Kelsey's hands or if he's going to throw the ball 70 yards in the air um, – He's gonna he's gonna wow you with his legs and with his arms and he he just does stuff that you know in my lifetime I haven't seen too many quarterbacks make throws like Patrick Mahomes does so I think it's just really unfortunate for the Titans I think had they played any other team like had the Titans played the Texans they would have crushed the Texans oh, um, easily they they obviously they beat the Patriots they beat the 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 Ravens which were um, you know. Two of the top three teams in the in the AFC. So, um, unfortunately for the Titans, Patrick Mahomes just got a got a spark, man, and and that was it. Um, but 
you know, the Titans, I think they have a lot to, to be proud of. Um, interested, and we'll talk about this more, you know, later on in the offseason, but interested to see what they do with Ryan Tannehill. Um, but I think that the Titans, whether they, they end up re-signing Ryan Tannehill or not, they've, they've built their team in a way where their team is, is like the 49ers. That's a team that's going to win you a good many games. And once you get into the playoffs, they're going to win you a couple of games as well. Um, anytime that you can run the ball and play good defense, I believe, um, you know, that you've, you've got a, a really good chance to be successful. And I think too, had that game been in Tennessee, it would have been a completely different outcome. Um, the Titans get up 17 to seven in Tennessee. I believe they just ride that home field advantage. Um, and they, they finish the game out. But, you know, being in Kansas City, that place gets rocking. It's cold. It's loud. Um, Patrick Mahomes is doing Patrick Mahomes things. So, um, but, you know, I think a lot for, a lot, a lot for the Titans to be proud of. Um, they had a great season. They went a lot further than the majority of people went. Um, and I think they'll build on that momentum. Next year, um, I would say look for the Titans to, to become one of those top 10 NFL teams within the next few years. Um, I think they've, they've kind of reversed their, their course this year. Um, and instead of being that team that's consistently going to go nine and seven, I believe they're going to start being a team that goes 10 and six, possibly 11 and five. Um, they may even, you know, finish with one of the top three or four seeds. Um, in the AFC, and I believe they're going to be a team that consistently in the future starts to make noise in the playoffs. So, um, you know, we both have talked about how how big of fans we are of Mike Frabel, and I think they're just going to continue to to build on that momentum. So, um, excited to see see how the Chiefs and the 49ers stack up um, in the Super Bowl next next week. Well, not this week, but the following week. So, that was kind of my takeaway. Um, was there anything that kind of stood out to you about the game i think my time that i thought uh that i knew this game was over was when pat mahomes went on his 27 yard touchdown run um that was a phenomenal run that i did i mean it it blew my mind of how he got down the sidelines split like three defenders got into the end zone with 11 seconds left and i feel like when you lose your um when you've led the whole game, and now all of a sudden at the halftime mark, you're losing. Uh, that's a huge blow to you. Um, now, what it didn't happen to them, what happened to the Texans, where once the Texans lost the lead, I mean, they got smashed. Uh, the, you know, no one scored again until the fourth quarter. Um, and then, you know, Chiefs put on two and the Titans put on one trying to come back. But watching Pat Mahomes just absolutely tear it up with his feet and then tearing it up with his arms, um, I think, and I don't know what, you know, MVP voters go off of. I know that Lamar Jackson's been the heavy favorite for the entirety of the year. But if they take into consideration playoff games, which I almost think they should because if you substitute it out, like if you think back to the Chiefs when they had to play with the backup versus Pat Mahomes, they were an okay team. And Pat Mahomes comes back, and they're, like, freakishly good. I mean, you can say the same about the Ravens, remove Lamar, put anyone back in there. They aren't that 14-2 and two team. Um, but I, I think, you know, that run 
went ahead and sealed up the victory. They had a whole other half to play. And Pat Mahomes made a statement with that one run that I think ended the game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I was hoping to see the Titans. I think the Titans are a few years out. I think Vrabel is going to be a great long-term coach for them. Um, and, you know, I think they're a few pieces away from being able to be that team to compete with these, these high-producing top-tier Chiefs and content and Ravens, even though they beat the Ravens, I don't think if you did a series out of three games, they beat the Ravens two out of three. Um, yeah. But I think they're not far away from being able to do that. Um, do you think, so I guess I'm gonna, I, since we spent so much time on Pat Mahomes, I'm going to tie that last question I was going to ask into this because it's a perfect segue for it. Um, do you, how do I want to ask this? Do you think Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league? Or I know you've already done a, a one top five. Who, who are your top three guys? So, like, if you were to start a franchise today oh, man. and you had the choice out of three people, not the whole league, uh, if you had to narrow it down to three people, who would you consider? So, so let's say that you're, like, having to maybe battle with two other teams to get the guys you won. If you were to have to choose between three guys, who are your top three in the league? Not historically top in the league. So like, don't, you don't have to choose Tom Brady just because he's Tom Brady. But like right now, today, at the end of the season, you have an expansion team and these quarterbacks are up for grabs and you have to choose between three quarterbacks. I know this is a terrible scenario. Most people would say, who's your top quarterback? But I just want to also hear who your other two are. Uh, who, who are the three you're choosing between? We're, and we're just talking, we're just talking quarterbacks right now, correct? Quarterbacks, and they are going to lead your franchise moving forward. So you have to choose between a top three. Who would you go between? Um, that is a good question. Top three, let me see. I'll go ahead and tell you Patrick Mahomes is in my top three. Um, I was going to call you crazy if he wasn't, but right. <laughs> really, I guess I'm interested in who who falls behind Pat Mahomes because I do believe that as we stand today, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Do you agree with that? Say yeah. Uh, sorry, say that one more time because I was looking up NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, as as so, we stand today, I, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So I guess what yeah. – so you agree with that. So that's, that's unanimous. He yeah. is the the best quarterback. So what two would you say fall behind him? I don't want to do – we did a top five already with coaches on a whim. Um, so who, who are your other two? And think of them in terms of I want to start a franchise. What other ones would I choose between? Because statistically um, and everything, Pat Mahomes is great, and I think he'd be everyone's choice. So I guess taking the obvious one out of the room, what other two would you choose between? I think. But I guess I, I know people say, are listening to this stupid question because no one chooses between three. They say who their guy is. But this is this is our show. This is my question. I'm asking stupid questions. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson and. Hmm. Russell Wilson, probably. But see, here's the thing. If you were to ask me 
I don't I don't know that I would say that Russell Wilson is my top is a top three quarterback um in the league. I think he's a top five quarterback, but if I have to start a franchise with a quarterback See and that's what changes Russell, it. Russell because then Wilson, you right. Because you remove yourself from the who's top tier versus who don't want to start a franchise with. Why would you say Russell right. Wilson? I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 you're good. So Russell Wilson is that perfect example because I don't, I, I think Russell Wilson is, is a top five NFL quarterback. And if you don't think he's a top five NFL quarterback to me, I think you're crazy. But I don't know that top, Russell Wilson is a top three NFL quarterback. But if you have to start your franchise with somebody, I think that's where Russell Wilson becomes a, a top three guy to start your franchise with. Um, cause I think he, he, he gives you that that dynamic of being able to run the ball and throw the ball. Um, he's a guy that people want to play for. Um, he's real, he's, he has experience carrying the team. He's still semi-young. I think Russell Wilson is under, I want to say he's maybe like 28, maybe 29. Um, so he's still young enough. Um, Deshaun Watson, I think, most people would say Deshaun Watson is probably a top five quarterback as well. Um, and then I think again, um, he's a guy that you want to, that you'd be willing to, to start your franchise with. Um, Deshaun Watson is the guy that Dabo Sweeney compared to, to Michael Jordan. And to me, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson would have been Patrick Mahomes had Patrick Mahomes not come along and been Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> I think yeah, had, there not, had there not been a Patrick Mahomes, I believe that Deshaun Watson would be the guy that we were all talking about the way that we talk about Patrick Mahomes. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is on a completely different level um, than than everybody else. So I think, you know, an, an even more interesting question, since it's unanimous that um, Patrick Mahomes is, is the best quarterback in the league, is who would be the other – who would be three guys besides Patrick Mahomes that you'd have to pick? And for me, it would be um, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and I'm, I'm not really sure who that third person would be. Um, I think, you know, obviously if you look at it, and, and again, we're talking about right now. So right now, somebody like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, um, Ben Roethlisberger, those are four guys who in the past, would probably I would probably be willing to start my franchise with. But as we are right now, those are four guys who I think will all go down top 10, top 15 NFL quarterbacks of all time. Um but as it is right now, they're not they're not four guys that I that I'm willing to start my franchise with. Um so to answer your question, Deshaun Watson, um Russell Wilson would would be my other top mother top two out of those three that if I had to start a excuse me, if I had to start a franchise today, that's um those are the three guys I would start start a franchise with. Who's your top three? Or so we have Pat besides, Mahomes besides is number Patrick one. Mahomes, yeah, do you have do you have three others or who would be your top your other two and do you have a third one? I have two others and I have I guess one that I could battle for third. Um yeah. I think it's Pat Mahomes, and it's a large leap down. Like, anyone that had their dream wish would have Pat Mahomes as QB now. Um, yeah. I would – so we have one in common. Um, I think that Russell Wilson 
though I also agree um, he's a top five, not a top three quarterback in terms of statistics and everything, in my opinion. But I think he is a great leading quarterback, uh, a guy that you want leading your yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, that has had success and also had great year this year and has a lot of year, uh, years left under his belt, mm-hmm. uh, to play in my opinion. So I, I think Russ is a, would be a great foundational player to really kick off the franchise. And then my other one's not Deshaun. Uh, in fact, I didn't even think about Deshaun. I haven't been, it's going to sound crazy, and people are going to not like this, but I have not been wild about Deshaun Watson since his rookie year. His rookie year, he was just a freak of nature, and then he got hurt. And though he's done freakish things, not enough for me to say that's the guy I want to start my, my team oh, with. Oh, man. Um, I agree with you there, man. But this could also be on account of, you know, Bill O'Brien and their team and everything. Sure. It's just too much. Too much with the Texans that I watched the game and I'm like, uh, I mean, yeah, but, and you're gonna, you're gonna crucify me for, um, <laughs> my, my, my third one. But if I was to choose. Don't say Baker Mayfield. If I was to choose. <laughs> and this guy, I agree, is maybe a top 20 quarterback, but let me defend him. I would go, and this is genuine. This is not because I'm a Browns fan. This is genuine. I would go with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think, I, I know. I think that what we saw his rookie year, like once we fired Hugh, is what is, is just the ground floor of what we can get from Baker. I think where he's got the unfair shake, whereas I think that Deshaun's got the unfair shake of having a mediocre coaching staff, is the Haslam's are morons, and they've been hiring morons. Um, and so <laughs> Baker has had a coaching staff that has been terrible. Uh, he, he had a quarterback coach this past year that was a joke. He had a, a, a head coach who insisted on calling the plays and didn't know what he was doing. Um, which I think it's, and it doesn't help that he's on like every third commercial on the TV and he's having a terrible year and the Browns are a disappointment and we're a giant dysfunction. But I think removing all those aspects out of it, removing all the hype from this season and taking what we know he can do from rookie year and putting in a actual head coach that can, or a coach that can work with him. I would because of his skill set, because of his accuracy, and though you hated him in o- at Oklahoma, I believe we have agreed that he is dead, typically deadly accurate with the football. Um, that I think that he would be a great franchise starter. Um, granted, for him, I mean, I guess he's only two years or a year behind. Um, a year, a year, two years behind Watson and Pat Mahomes. A year, yeah. a year behind Mahomes, Mahomes and they, Watson were seventeen. Baker was eighteen. So they came in. Mahomes got a city year and then has a great offensive mind in Andy Reid and uh, Eric. But that, I'm not gonna say his last name. But Benimi. Um Watson came in with competent coaches. I wouldn't say they're anything stellar that have put him in great situations, but at least competent. 
And then Baker came in to a dysfunction. He came into the 0-16 Browns, or I guess, the, were we 0-16? We were 0-16 that year, right? Yeah. I don't know. It was either 0-16 or 1-15. So he came into one of those teams with Hugh Jackson as the head coach, and then we turned the reins over to Freddie Kitchens, which we learned was a terrible idea. Um, so I, I will continue to defend. I do think he's going to be a stellar franchise quarterback, and, in fact, I would start a team with him um, over Deshaun Watson because I don't I, I I don't see Deshaun Watson being that much better than Baker in the long run. I'm, I'm thinking long run more so than what I've seen right now. Um, and I guess I'm taking a huge leap that he's going you know to jump over Deshaun. But um, and then. I guess it's funny if you ever chose Lamar. Um, I, I guess I still don't trust Lamar to be this consistent every year. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, I don't know if there's any quarterbacks. Those old ones that you said I wouldn't start a, a, a team with. Um, yeah, so go ahead. Give me your – Give me your. go ahead and destroy my pick. Well, what's up, Don? Yeah, yeah, you know – I wish we had this. This is really one of those topics we'll have to do in the off season because um, we, we could spend another hour um, <laughs> talking about this. It, I, you're wrong, man. <laughs> and, uh, I was trying to think of a nice way to say it, but you're you're just wrong on this one. And and it it has absolutely nothing to do with um with me not liking Baker Mayfield. I I do like Baker May Baker Mayfield. Um, again, I was not a fan of Baker Mayfield because he played at Oklahoma, and he was just super cocky at, at, at Oklahoma, whereas I believe now he's more confident in his ability. Um, at Oklahoma, he was just a cocky – this is a family-friendly podcast, so you can plug in the word, where, whatever word you want to use. Um, he was just – he was just – he was cocky, man. Um and I, I could be wrong, but I'm just, I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. Um, and I believe like Deshaun Watson, he won, he won in college and he's won in the NFL. Baker Mayfield, I think we need to see at least maybe one more year from him before I would consider putting him, um, before I would consider starting a franchise with him. The reason that I'm big on Deshaun Watson is you talked about Bill O'Brien. Deshaun Watson has won in spite of Bill O'Brien. Um, I think <laughs> everybody true, would agree that Bill O'Brien has held Deshaun Watson back. Um, I think, you know, sometimes when you when you have discussions like this, I think you need to kind of look at it and say, if you were to flip the quarterbacks on two different teams, which franchise, which um, team would be more successful? And unfortunately for Baker Mayfield, if you put him on the Texans, he's, he has Bill O'Brien. Um, he has he has DeAndre Hopkins, um, but I don't know that the Texans are a better team with Baker Mayfield than they are with Deshaun Watson. Whereas you put Deshaun Watson on the Browns, man, and there's I, I believe that Deshaun Watson would have won in spite of Freddie Kitchens. Um, See, I don't I don't know if I, I can agree with you there. Well, see, I, I don't. To me, that's where the biggest difference is. Is I, I believe Deshaun Watson can win in spite of a coach, whereas Baker Mayfield is not is not that guy. To me, see, I believe 
I believe Deshaun has won in spite of Bill O'Brien, and I believe that Baker could win in spite of Bill O'Brien. I don't think that either player could win in spite of Freddie Kitchens, in, in spite of the Browns' organizational nonsense. Like, I, I – Pat Mahomes I maybe. Could. Pat Mahomes maybe. <laughs> I, I, I don't, see, I don't yeah, think Deshaun could. I think yeah. Pat Mahomes could. I don't think Deshaun could. Um I guess that's how highly I think of how good Pat Mahomes is, is I think that Freddie would be back for another year if Pat Mahomes was our quarterback. Um, be, because we won. <laughs> um, I, I really don't think there's many NFL quarterbacks if they were put in the scenario of having to go play for the Browns last year, even with all those weapons, unless they just said, screw it and called their own plays in spite of, uh, which I think only the, the veteran heads would do that. Like, you had put a Aaron Rodgers there, a Brady there, yeah. a Roethlisberger there. I think they would say, no, this is stupid for doing what I want to do. Um, but out of the younger players, I don't know if any of the other players would, would have the gusto to want to go against the head coach like that. And I think that Pat Mahomes is athletic enough, can throw well enough to win in spite, whereas I don't think – Deshaun or Baker could win in spite. Um, I, I think the Browns go eight and eight with uh, with Deshaun Watson this past year. They went six and ten with with the Baker Mayfield. I believe that Deshaun Watson at least gets in two more wins. Um, I believe they go eight and eight. Um, I'll say something else that's that's probably going to make you really mad, but like. Um, I would take at this point. I would take Carson Wentz over Baker Mayfield if I'm okay. And um, this podcast. <laughs> so you would rather not have a quarterback? I, I genuinely, I gen. Well, yeah. So I genuinely mean that though. And again, it comes down to Carson Wentz staying healthy. But I believe if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, and that's a big if. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy, I'm taking Carson Wentz to start a franchise over Baker Mayfield at this point. Now, next year, that may be something completely different. But at this point, as long as Carson Wentz can stay healthy, and that's a big if, I'm taking I'm taking Carson Wentz over Baker Mayfield. Um, well, once again, this could all be psychological for me because the Browns traded, essentially traded away Carson Wentz uh, by right. giving that pick to the Eagles. And then we intentionally uh well we traded the pick to the Texans who then drafted Deshaun Watson. So we traded away essentially both quarterbacks um and passed over Pat Mahomes, but you know, Browns. Um but I actually think highly of Pat Mahomes. But I would rather take I've I've also been a huge Baker fan since since Oklahoma, but I honestly believe that he is going to be a really, really good quarterback. And so therefore with all the and this could be the optimistic Browns fan in me. With all the upside I think Baker brings to the table, I think he would be a great quarterback to start a franchise with. Now, notice, though, I did make him at least number three. So given the choice of two others, you know, I'm taking <laughs> Russ or or Pat Mahomes first. I'm not saying Baker over Pat, Baker over Russ. Yeah. Uh, but I'll take Baker over anyone else in the league. Um, yeah, I, would, I, and I genuinely, genuinely mean it, too. It's not just being a homer. Which may be the saddest part of it all. Um, <laughs> all right, we've uh, thank you all for if you've stuck through this long. Um, let us know what you think about our picks, whether or not Donatus uh, or I nailed it. I know you are going to say that I'm stupid for choosing Baker, but 
whatever. Uh, <laughs> but if you've made it, this, if you've made it this far, thank you for sticking along with us. I just looked down at how this, this is. Uh, I thought it was gonna be a quick podcast today, uh, but then all those questions right. popped in my head, and they turned into a really good discussion points. Um, anything you want to leave our listeners with? No. Um... Let's give it to the people, man. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Again, if you have listened this long, um, we may do like a, a, a teaser or something and tell people to start it. But I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Um, give us your top three NFL quarterbacks if you had to start a franchise with them. And also weigh in on the Baker Mayfield versus Deshaun Watson um, discussion because I believe Aaron, I, uh, you know, I'll just decide, man. I believe that that is the discussion that not just us, but I think people will have for the next um, five to ten years um, is Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson, um, how they stack up against each other. Um, so let's, I, I say, give it to the people. Let us know what your thoughts are. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Ooh, I like that. Go, go to. Uh... Which is the easiest place to do that. Uh, go to our Facebook page at, at Once Upon East 112 or just type in the search bar Once Upon East 112. Find us there. Follow us. Um, and then you'll get all our notifications. And so if you want to weigh in on who your top coaches are, is Shanahan even in the mix? Like Donatus said, you want to weigh in on our top three, give us your top three. Let Donatus know that Baker's the GOAT. Whatever you want to say. Uh, put <laughs> say it <laughs> say it there and uh, help interact with us and maybe we'll count on y'all for some of our, our material next week kind of see what the consensus was across the board um, so if you have our number feel free to for those picks not text us and throw in the Facebook group let's get some conversation going um, outside of that we're out of here <laughs>